Hello, and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wool on us. Facing and taking on all the plate to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinizing through their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. This week, we're going to do something a little bit differently. Normally, uh, we pick a topic and kick it off with uh, me going on some sort of short rant or essay, and then we launch into a discussion off of that. Um, this week, I actually gave the co-hosts here, Dennis Yang and Hirsch Reddy, a little bit of homework, which is that I wanted to discuss things that we were wrong about, things that we thought were going to happen and then didn't quite happen the way that we wanted them to. Um, and... I've done this occasionally on TechDirt where I've written about it and just sort of gone back and looked at things that I, I believed and then turned out to be different. And I figured that we could actually have something of an interesting discussion where we could talk about some of these things that we saw and maybe had an opinion about and that opinion turned out to be very wrong. Um, and potentially, you know, we had good reasons for it or just bad assumptions or something like that. And I thought that maybe uh, we could learn something from that. So that's the idea here. Um, I don't know how well my two co-hosts here have actually done the homework, but <laughs> we'll find out. I don't have to do a lot of homework to... <laughs> Think about when you're wrong? Yeah, I mean... All right, well, as opposed to to Dennis sitting on my <laughs> other side, who, who explained to me as we came in today that he's never wrong. So <laughs> no, That I couldn't remember. Yeah. When I've been wrong. So, so very, that's a different problem. Very introspective. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start. All right. So I'm going to start off with um, the, the big one that I was completely wrong about, which was uh, Google itself. You know, Google came on the scene. It was, you know, uh, I mean, a few people pointed out, lots of people pointed out that it was kind of late to the market, right? There were all these other search engines that were, um, you know, pretty successful at the time. You had, you know, AltaVista and Lycos and, you know, a whole bunch of other ones as well. And then Google came along and everyone liked it. But the, you know, the really crazy thing about it was that it had no advertising and it wasn't clear at all how they were going to make money. And certainly lots of people were using it. And then they raised a ton of money. And I'm actually forgetting if it was 25 million or 50 million. I think it was 50 million where it was 25 million each from Kleiner Perkins and Sequoia. Mm -hmm. And, and I was just like, that's crazy. Like, what what are they thinking? Because there's there's no advertisements. How are they ever going to make money? Well, let me ask you this. Yeah. What year was this that you were thinking this about? Uh, 2000, 2001, somewhere around there. I think the first time I used Google was probably 1999. Yeah, me too, around there. Around yeah. then. And I remember distinctly the first thing I actually searched for in it. Okay. And it was... Command and Conquer, Red Alert, or something like that. One of the <laughs> Command and Conquer games. And the reason it was that specific thing is not because I wanted to know something about that game, but because I had been testing search engines using that string just to test what their quality was. Like, I yeah. tested Yahoo, I tested all these ones. And I would always look at what they had re would return. And I remember when I typed that in for Google, it gave, for the first time, uh, some pages that I hadn't seen before. Because the other search engines would always set, you know, give me the same list of stuff that I had seen before. The same crap. And somehow Google gave me the stuff that I'd never seen before. And it was very clear to me there was also stuff 
that wasn't necessarily um, popular or reposted in forums or something like right. that. It wasn't curated. That was but it was somehow like pretty good yeah, stuff. And, and, and let me be clear. I never, I never once doubted the quality of Google and the fact that it was useful. And I used it like crazy. And I thought it was great. And I thought it was cool. And I, you know, I supported the concept of Google. The thing that I could not believe was the, you know, the, the amount of money that they took in with no clear business model. Right. But, but Mike, you're the guy who always says if you make yeah. something that is of high quality, yeah. you'll figure out a way to monetize I it. I know. Where do you think I learned that? From? <laughs> <laughs> We're going back 15 years here. Okay, and, fair enough. And so that, I mean, that was part of the lesson. That, and, yeah. and, and that may be, that may have influenced my thinking on a lot of these things. Where like nowadays, you know, when everyone makes fun of companies for having no business model, I, I'm less willing to jump in on that. And part of that was like the lesson learned from from Google, where you you see that, and you and know, it, and it took them a few years after and that it, to it really. It took them a few years after that to actually figure out. And like for a out. while, there was all this talk about you know what their business model was going to be. Their business model was going to be to sell enterprise search. Yeah, boxes. and for and for a while, I think you know, then people are like, well, ink there's ink to me. Sure. You know, that, that problem solved already. I, I think, I mean, I definitely had the same assumption with, but a similar assumption with Google. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, back in 99, I was working at a company called My Simon. We were, you know, comparison shopping. And one of, one of the smartest guys that I've still to this date I've ever worked with was this guy named Jeff Dean. And he left My Simon. I think he was not even, he hadn't worked for, for My Simon for a year and he left to go to Google. And Sanjay Gamma Watt, Jeff Dean, MapReduce paper, that Jeff Dean? I, I think so. I mean, how many? How many I, he's the Jeff Dean. Apparently at Google, there's like a Chuck Norris thing where it's like Chuck Norris is, you know, so strong he does this kind of thing, except they yeah. at Google they say Jeff, it about Jeff Dean, right? Yeah. So so he's he, he was an amazing guy. He basically, you know, great to work with him. But when he was leaving, I was like, really? Like, we're doing pretty well here. We're, you know, we're... we're <laughs> <laughs> why would um, you go to that? Why would you go Google to that search company? engine company? Um, you know, I mean, he, he was he was ridiculously intelligent and... Um, and, and that was kind of I was I was just kind of surprised when he left. He was like, yeah, you know, you know, we had our own fair share of problems at, at my Simon, but we we're like growing, and it was an amazing. It was a great place to be. And he was like, I was like, search engine company. Like, have you have you used like Lycos lately? It's pretty good. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, so just to give some background on Jeff Dean, I mean, this is a guy that essentially made the back-end infrastructure that the Google computer works on, right? Like right. If, if, it basically ties commodity PCs together and makes them look like essentially a so, big So it's computer. a good He's, thing that Dennis did not convince him yeah, to, to say, oh. not go to Google. <laughs> yeah. So if you look at all the seminal papers out of Google at that time, right, the Google file system paper, the MapReduce paper, all these papers, it's basically Jeff Dean and Sanjay Gemawad on all, all of those. Huh. So he, yeah. he's... And he's, he's still there. Yeah, I had, he's like I, a godfather. You know, I had coffee with him like two years ago, and he he still seems to love what he's doing, and yeah. he was he's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess I yeah. should have gone with him. Is the, <laughs> <laughs> is the, is the real lesson. Yeah. So, so that was the mistake you made. <laughs> well, may, I, may, I, maybe he just didn't like the way I coded, which is I'm not really a programmer. <laughs> um, I remember I had, I think so, I had. So a, maybe he owes you. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. He never asked me to go to Google, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I I have another one, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna pass this over to Hirsch now, since I know Hirsch actually did his homework. I think. You want me to talk about something that <laughs> something I yeah, wrong? Yeah. God, I mean, so many things. Um, should we talk about Bitcoin? Yeah, let's go with that one. I think it was 2010 or 2009, and I, you know, the Bitcoin stuff was showing up on 
different uh, on different forums, uh, on Reddit and other places like that. And I remember reading about it and thinking it was super interesting mm-hmm. and thinking that it was like this really sci-fi thing. It was this really nerdy thing. Yeah. And that the price was ridiculously high at, I think it was five or 10 cents per Bitcoin or something like that. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, why would, why would you buy 100 Bitcoins for a dollar? That's like, that's nonsense. That's 100 <laughs> nonsense things. And despite that, I was kind of tempted to buy it just on the off chance that we entered like a Neil Stephenson type of alternative universe. Like, you know what I mean? Where all of a sudden this stuff was for real, for real. And then, but I never did. I never, because it wasn't really a market like Coinbase or something like that where you could sure. buy it. You it, actually, it was not easy. It, was, it wasn't, it was, it was hard. You had to install yeah. the software. And I was so paranoid that the software I would install would put some kind of malware on my machine or something like that. It wasn't mm-hmm. like something you would install off of an app store, right? You actually had to download it, execute this, this, binary and your operating system would warn you like do you want to install this this could be totally malicious like you know your standard thing yeah (laughs) it's definitely sketchy yeah and and the binaries were off the most sketchy of forums too right sure and and so i was just like is this worth doing and then you know i was all set to do it and then one thing led to another and got involved with stuff and like gonna work and i wasn't really paying attention the next thing i know i I turn on the TV and the headlines are Bitcoin is a thousand dollars, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> but of course, right? I mean, the, you know, the, the the counter to that is that now Bitcoin is much lower again, right? It's not so, much lower; it's still well, two hundred. Like I mean, it's it's certainly not back to the five cents, right? But it's in that two to three hundred dollar range. But like, you know, if I had bought ten dollars yeah. of Bitcoin. Oh yeah, I mean everyone's we, got that. Yeah, yeah, I mean right. We, I, I mean would, I think I, I, I think by the time I became aware of it, you could buy bitcoins for about five bucks a piece, and I thought that was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I signed up for one of those. Do you remember the Bitcoin faucets? You no. basically What's sign that? up when in the early days you could just put in your wallet address, and then it would send you bitcoins yeah. <laughs> for free. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because exactly. they were like check this new thing out. Right, like, it's pretty cool. Um, I mean I I probably was wrong on the other side. Like I was, I was excited that I had heard about it. So I think I bought my, bought actually bought my first bitcoins around like you know fifty fifty bucks or when it was on the open market, and then just kept buying it as it kept going up in the thousands of dollars of range. I didn't buy that much, but like I was like, this is going to be huge. Um, but I guess, and now I have the opportunity to continue to buy them <laughs> at a lower price than I bought a few of my bitcoins for. Yeah. Um, um, well, I mean, at some point we have to. Do, we've been talking about this for a while. We're, we're we're going to do a podcast about Bitcoin. We've kind of avoided yeah. the subject, and it's an interesting one. I don't necessarily have to go down that road now. And I think you know, to some extent, you know, the jury is still out in terms of the jury is still. Out. I mean, I know. the the jury is probably in on the other thing that I thought was going to be big was which is Dogecoin. Yeah, that's gone. That's gone. <laughs> Forget that. Is it gone? Gone? No, I don't know if it's gone actually. But I mean, it's it it was a thing for about yeah. you know six or eight months. I mean, the, so the reason the reason I thought that Dogecoin was going to be a th- wait, you thought it was going to be like I, I thought that valuable. Doge, no, no, I thought Dogecoin <laughs> was going to going to really take over as the the electronic currency that would kind of measure like. Hat tipping, so, right? so like a reputation, like a thing, reputational, right? and thing. and that's and that's what it was big for. For people who don't know, in case you weren't following this, right? <laughs> so like, Dogecoin was like a you know a, a copy of Bitcoin, right? It's sort of right. A, I didn't understand but, that logic, guys, because you can divide and subdivide bitcoins. Yeah, you just give people satoshis. Why would you give them Dogecoin? Dogecoin. I mean, so so the reason I think behind Dogecoin was that you know they wanted basically there to be a continued supply of this 
currency, a, a, a the reputation of massive, su- like a massive amount of this uh, so much supply that that in so I mean my understanding at least was that right. when it sort of first came about the whole point was that there would be so much supply that on a on a pure supply de- demand basis it was never going to be that valuable and therefore it would be much more freely shared and become yeah. sort of this tipping hat tip you know credit reputational and, kind of thing and and it kind of grew up you know, like it basically had some res like some resonance on on Reddit right where yeah it had a this, huge resonance on Reddit yeah and it was this, sort of it was fun right I mean it was like the fun version of Bitcoin yeah and so I so I thought that you know it kind of had a neat feel to it like much in the same way that karma has no value and reddit mm-hmm. um like the, the upvotes on reddit i was like well dogecoin would be kind of a neat parallel to the karma system that actually maybe did actually have real value so you started no, hoarding the, dogecoin no, but the weakness of it was it was so <laughs> cheap if you were a bad actor you yes but we're, we're trying yeah, I mean, to I we're trying to encourage I was, people to i was wrong <laughs> oh. <laughs> there we go we got it wait so i mean because so, my my thinking was that instead of karma like karma is one way to kind of that one currency that's transacted on reddit it's free, mm-hmm. it's free it yep. has questionable value i thought dogecoin we had the opportunity to kind of spread outside of Reddit to become the de facto reputational upload, and, and that's currency, not not right? a crazy concept. If yeah. you think about, it. like, I mean, you could see where that that could be kind of cool and and valuable and kind of a different system for yeah. for reputation that has some sort of monetary value to it. But right, but but I, but I like the fact that it had tiny monetary value, sure. Such that like I could be reading an article on Medium and be like, cool, ten thousand Dogecoin, no problem. Like, and I wanted like I I could imagine a world in which you kind of spread around this fake currency. It kind of reminded me of, um, you know, remember that show, Whose Line, it, Line Is It Anyway? Mm-hmm. And at the end of each bit, like, <laughs> they just give out they just like, points. one million points, yeah. you know? And, but that, it's, it's more than zero, right? And, it's, and it just means kind of something, and, and I felt like that would be a really interesting way to measure attention and reputation um, elsewhere, not just on Reddit. So, right? so, so come so, clean, how much Dogecoin are you hoarding? I mean, I, I, I think I bought like $20 worth of Dogecoin. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's, you know, like yeah, billions. Right. Is that yeah. a billion Dogecoin or something? Yeah, I'm a billion. <laughs> but I also have Namecoin, which I thought was going to be huge. I thought yeah. Electrum was going to, um, sorry, Ethereum was going to be. Well, they're, they're, they're still Ethereum? working on that, right? They're still working on it, but I. I didn't get in. I would have bought that. I just didn't realize that the auction was going on. Yeah, so, I mean. Wait, was it Ethereum that had the, the, the auction? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a big and there was another one too, right? There was Stella. No, well, there was Stellar. This is this is. I got some. We're, we're going we're going deep into it. Yeah, actually, I got some free Stellar too. But uh, what, what was the? Uh, yeah. There was another one that had like a, a Made Safe or something. Had this big auction. Yes. Anyways, yeah, we're going. I, th- I think Ethereum that. has uh, has a good chance of, of being something. I think there's some really smart guys working on it, and they have some very interesting things going on with Ethereum. Ethereum is actually a way to run programs on the blockchain, yeah. which is which is pretty cool. Um, the thing about um, about Bitcoin that I think uh, may still make it so that you know you and I end up with zero dollars worth of Bitcoin is that the latest problems that are going on with it, where they're saying that you know one branch of people say that they want to. Uh, to split in one direction with Bitcoin and another group of people want to do another thing with Bitcoin, you know, that's problematic. Nobody really knows what happens with a currency if the community splits in two, right? If, yeah. there's, if you have a dollar bill and then all of a sudden there's two governments printing the exact same dollar bills with two central banks, it's essentially what would happen, something like that. It's just like really problematic. So it remains to be seen. 
we, we, we might yeah. be really, really wrong. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I, and I think, I mean, as I was saying, like, we should maybe bring in some Bitcoin experts or something and have a real yeah. podcast discussing it. Because it's, it's a really interesting subject, and I have a lot of opinions on it. <laughs> but, but, you we know... We're long overdue for a Bitcoin yeah. Yeah. show. But, I, you know, but I think... Yeah, I mean, I think it's true that, that a lot of people have been <laughs> potentially wrong in both directions on Bitcoin, which makes it, makes it kind of an interesting one. Yeah, I, I should buy, probably buy some more Bitcoin right now to... What, what is that called when, when you... I forget what that's called, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. You're sort of well, you keep buying on the way down. Yeah, so you basically your average price yeah, is lowered or whatever. But Yeah, I've just been doing that all the way yeah. from $650 down. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's also throwing... Good, bad, money good money after, after bad. bad. Well, it so. rebounded a couple of times, to be honest. Sure, sure, sure. And I, you know, I still think it has plenty of potential. But, but yeah. again, I mean, I think. Anyways, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to my second. Yeah, what's your second wrong my, thing? My second wrong thing, um, and I guess my wrongs are all about companies that became much bigger than I expected, right? So Google became much much bigger than I expected, and the other one was Facebook, right? So early, kind of early on in Facebook's life. Um, they had an opportunity to sell out to Yahoo for mm -hmm. $1 billion. This was very early in Facebook's yeah. life. And I thought that they were insane to turn that down because I said there is no way that Facebook would ever be worth more than a $1 billion. Um, I was with you. I think most people were with you. Yeah, no, no, lots of lots of people were. And, you know, and I thought, you know, by then, right, I mean, I had learned the lesson about, I thought I'd learned the lesson about Google and not believing in Google, but I thought that it was different, right? I thought like Google worked because, um, you know, contextual advertising on search makes sense because you're searching for something and therefore, you know, when it pops up an ad, it's, it's actually giving yeah. you something that you're looking for at the time. Whereas I couldn't see how ads would ever work on social networks in an effective way because... Mm -hmm. You weren't searching for something. You were trying to find out information from about your friends or you know acquaintances or whatever, and therefore search. Uh, uh, sorry, ads on social networks would just be totally intrusive. And and frankly, I mean, I actually do think that they. I mean, they are. are intrusive and annoying, but apparently they're effective. Well, right. that's not what I was. Why I was short on them. <clears throat> well, I wouldn't even say short, but that's not why I wasn't like super bullish on them. And the reason the reason I wasn't bullish on them was because I did not think a social network could be as sticky as Facebook is. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at what came before, like MySpace and Friendster and stuff, people would use it a little bit. Uh, and Flickr was a little bit like that too. It was a little bit like a social network. You would use it a little bit, and then the next new hotness would come around, yep. and everyone would just jump. And I just thought that this was going to be a thing where people were just going to use it for a little bit and jump, and use it for a little bit yep. and jump. And then Facebook, for some reason, when Facebook came around, people, a lot of people slowly trickled onto it, then it was a rush, and then everyone just stayed on it. And even when That's new true. networks came out, I was like, okay, now everyone's going to jump on Instagram. And people did use Instagram, I mean, but they in also Instagram used Facebook. Instagram pretty good, yeah. Yeah. But, but, you, but you know, nobody, nobody, nobody left Facebook. People exactly. didn't really leave Facebook. I mean, of course, now Facebook owns Instagram, but yeah. But, um, and you got to think about this too about the. Instagrams. But maybe they are. I mean, maybe like I think the younger generations aren't using Facebook. Nearly well, as much. it's possible. See, I, I don't know. I was just re reading this discussion recently where someone's like, "People keep saying that, and it's not true." <laughs> like people, young yeah, people, they are say using that, Facebook. right? They're yeah. 
But maybe, maybe they use it in a different way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone keeps a Facebook and, account, and and it's true. Like, I mean, at some point, people are likely to move on from Facebook. Like, yeah. But but it hasn't happened as fast. And, and I mean I think, that, that that I mean mainly they, like in when in the days of Friendster and MySpace and before Friendster there was what six degrees and whatever. But like when and when rise. and rise, yeah, uh, tribe. When when the populations moved from like. Six degrees to tribe, from tribe to friendster, from friendster to Facebook, it was still kind of this like really super early adopter crowd, right? So mm-hmm. Facebook now is basically everybody, right? There's few, it, it's the exception then you know, of when you meet someone that is actually not on Facebook. So I think that ease of switching, the switching cost is much, much, much more now. With Facebook, then like pre- then the previous yeah, I mean, so many people networks. live in Facebook. I mean, their yeah. communication they they use so Facebook well, Messenger. So you could have a new network and... come up like Instagram, but you won't remove your Facebook, right? Which yeah, but, is kind of the the difference of the phenomenon. But here. let's not, you so. know, let's not, you know, underappreciate what Facebook's uh, sure. achievement was there because if you I think mean, about it, for MySpace was was just ubiquitous amongst you know, young college students for a while and high school kids. There was a rap song about MySpace yeah. that was, yeah. and, you know, and there, there was this, like, people were... T- every, every once in a while, I actually go back and I look and there's this great you, article from... Um, look at your MySpace? No. Oh. I, I actually never had a MySpace account. But I, uh, <laughs> I uh, there was an article, I think, in Network World yeah. in 2007 or 2008, so really not that long ago, which talked about how MySpace was... Dominant and would never lose its its dominant position in the social networking space. And I, you know, the article itself sort of poo pooed Facebook as this kind of wannabe MySpace. And and so, I mean, you know, it's possible that that we may be facing the same kind of moment with with Facebook. But Facebook is obviously so many times larger. And so there is this kind of interesting thing, like you know, what what makes something sticky and what makes it stick around. And you know, I, this actually reminds me. I'll, I'm gonna jump onto a third thing that I thought was going to, that I was sort of wrong about, which is similar to this on a different scale, which is like the World Wide Web itself. You know, I, I, you know, when I first started using the internet. You're like, we have Gopher. Why do we need this Exactly. I was using Gopher. And then, (laughs) no, but I mean, my reaction was a little bit different. But what it was, was that, you know, go, I was using Gopher and I was like, Gopher is amazing. And it's like this cool thing. And I remember there was like some... I can't remember. There's some like after school TV movie that I saw where they showed like an internet that was all like graphical. I'm like, that's not the internet. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then of course the World Wide Web came along and I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I I got that, but I assumed that it was just sort of this natural progression and that we would follow, you know, just like the World Wide Web followed Gopher that, you know, five years later, something else would follow the World Wide Web. And I, you could make an argument now that that the mobile, mobile is, yeah. the mobile ecosystem is mm-hmm. sort of the thing that has followed the web, but it took a lot longer than I thought, and I'm still not convinced that that you know, yeah. you know the the difference between the mobile ecosystem and the web, um, you know, the web is really hung on. You know, if there's one thing I've been wrong about in that same line of thinking, it's it's I always thought that PCs and laptops. You know, the full computing experience mm-hmm. would be something that every generation would sort of wholeheartedly embrace, and that's that's clearly not going to be yeah. the case. And that that's really that feels so weird because, like, I even to this day, though I have a a, a, a mobile phone and though I have a tablet and I use them a lot, um, there, for me, there's nothing like getting behind a keyboard and actually interacting yep. with the screen and being able to type really fast and stuff like that. But 
it, that I, I think younger people just don't have that visceral feeling and, towards I mean, the computer. Like they don't they don't want to type things that fast. They use other ways of inputting yeah. data, right? Yeah, no, and that's interesting, right? I mean, because of, as someone who spends so much of my time on the computer writing stuff, like, I mean, I, I think I have that same mindset where I always assume, like, you know, my laptop is everything to me. Yeah. And yet there's so many people where it's like, ah, you know, a, a mobile thing can, can, can do everything that I need for the most part. And you have these now, like, you know, the sort of newer entrants, like, I mean, the new iPad Pro, which, I mean, I think a lot of people will replace laptops with it because they don't, they don't need... Um, the full laptop experience. I really don't think the keyboard on that thing is going to be that great compared to like... Yeah, but again, it's like it yeah. depends on what you're trying to do with it. Yeah. And do people really, really need to type anymore? Like, oh gosh. I mean, that, that's a good point. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, that just hurts me. As someone I know, right? types, I, mean, I know, yeah, I know. As it's, someone, it's true. Just like in, in the same way that, you know, well, people I, don't need to write longhand anymore. Like, yeah. Typing yeah. may actually be a user interface that we don't see in 50 years. Well, I mean, and, and like, well, all right. So and that's another thing that maybe I'm <laughs> wrong about. But like, I, I'm, there's, there's a list building up in my head of things yeah. I've been wrong about based on the more we talk. So like, I, I've argued for a long time that like speech recognition, like there, there have been always all these predictions for like, you know, 50 years that speech recognition was going to like replace right. like keyboards and stuff. And I always point out like it's a terrible user interface for a variety of things. It's an okay user interface in a very small number of mm -hmm. situations. Situations, but it's becoming a better user yeah. interface yeah. in a lot of instances. I still don't think it's as, like, the idea that the keyboard itself is going to go away, that might, but it's not going to be speech recognition that, 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 that kills it. That kills there the is keyboard. already a perfect speech recognition. The perfect speech recognition is between the ears of the person that's getting your message. You don't need to have the computer translate it. You send them a video with you talking, and that's what Vine is, that's what Snapchat are, and they watch the video and they get your communication. Nothing needs to recognize the speech in the silicon in between the two of yeah. you, right? So, so I mean, that, that's just how people, kids, are. that's how they're communicating now. Sure, you know? sure, but, but you know, I mean, there. I, my argument is like, there are times when you want to input stuff so that other people can't hear you, right? Yeah. So, oh, I see what you're saying. Right. So, right. like, you know, imagine an office where nobody has keyboards, but everybody's talking into their computers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, that's that movie, Her, right? So I, I never saw it. But, you never saw it, man. But that you, is the office. Okay. So, and that seems like unbearable. Or imagine you're like doing something with your bank account or your credit card or whatever. These right. are situations where you'd want to be able to input that without alerting everyone else around but that, you. But that could also come There are to... all sorts, of, and there are different ways yes. that you can handle that, and there are all sorts of things that there are solutions to that problem. So maybe, maybe the keyboard goes away. But like, so along those lines, now I'm just, I have like things piling up in my head of things that I was <laughs> wrong about. <laughs> like uh, mobile video. I what, what about mobile video? I thought it had no chance ever. Yeah. I thought, you know, who's going to want to watch video on a tiny screen, right? And mm. and I mean part of it is that this was pre-smartphone and I never realized how big mobile screens would become. I was thinking, yeah. you know, back in the days of the candy bar phone with the tiny little one-inch screen. What did you think about mobile uh, cameras integrated into phones? That I liked. Really? I, 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 and so that I was right about. So I'll, I'm going to take credit for something here. Yeah. <laughs> I was right about that. And people were really, really thought like, oh, what a dumb idea. Why I, would I you thought do it was that? a dumb idea because I was oh, like, there man. We go. Yeah. So I was like, I've got like digital SLRs are going in yeah. this great way. This I'll I'll never you know like I love taking photos and like I'll mm -hmm. never want to use a phone like yeah. the the crappy tiny phone that they stick in there with like not a removable lens why would I ever take pictures yeah I was yeah. wrong about that I was, one. With, so the, I was the, with Dennis on that too <laughs> I I just did not think we'd ever get that that one was, because the thing that got me I had two points on that and uh, I know we're talking about what we got wrong not what we got right but I'm 
I'm, I, was, I was proud of this one because I was right. <laughs> one of the rare cases where I was right. They, um, the, I knew that one, the cameras are going to get better, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just it, they have to get better. And they, but they see, my have, point was, yes, cameras get better, but so will the, the other. So ones. will the other cameras. So I'm like, why would I yeah. ever choose this? But so here, one? but the second point was the key one yeah. to me, which was that the key thing about the camera phone, you know, yeah. that's what they used to call them, the camera phones, yeah. was that it was a connected camera, right? And it was the connectedness that made it much more useful and the fact that you always had it on you, right? right? So if you you could, two things, like you wouldn't have to carry this extra bulky camera, yep. which was a thing, and you would just have this on you and you could immediately share that, and the, yeah. whether it's and posting it to online or sending it to someone. I mean, I thought that that was a failing of kind of the camera makers. Sure. Was to basically, they're super late to the game and even to this day on connecting their cameras, their pro cameras mm -hmm. to you know, the rest of the world, basically, right? Yeah. So getting your photos out of my stupid SLR is such a pain in the ass. Right and, there's, yeah. and there's still yeah. three, $4,000 cameras that don't actually run an operating system, right, Dennis? They, yeah. run, they, write, they run some custom firmware, run, so. and it's like you can't do anything with it. You know what, you know, just to jump back again, just a couple of steps, when we were talking about Instagram, the moment you realize, <clears throat> Mike, that a mobile camera that is connected is like a really viscerally cool thing mm -hmm. that makes it much better than an unconnected camera. Was pretty much the time I think when when Instagram was blowing up, right? Yeah. And if you no, think, of, no, this it, was even before, before that? that. Yeah, well, this was this was before well, smartphones. I mean, I well, was I was talking about it on my little flip phone. Well, this that'll make my point stronger. Then. <laughs> if you think about the fact that Instagram sold for about a billion dollars, exactly, and a billion. Zuckerberg, exactly a billion. and and by that by the time they accepted the billion dollars, it was already manifest to everyone that social networks could be worth a lot because Facebook had come sure. before. And they accepted a billion dollars where Zuckerberg turned down a million dollars. Yeah. And right after Instagram's $1 billion purchase, another social network was bought, uh, WhatsApp. I don't know if you can call it a social network. It's some kind sure, of... Sure, it's a messaging. Yeah, for $19 billion. So right. I, I think Zuckerberg was, was really smart on both the selling side and yeah. the buying side. Oh, totally. You got to give him a lot of credit there. I mean, I, I saw the, I, I forget who, who tweeted it, but they said that Instagram is probably going to be the best technology acquisition ever. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and the people were asking if Kevin regrets selling when he did. And he's actually, you know, said that he doesn't. And he's pretty clear I mean, and, he's, and thoughtful. He's I mean, you, you sold for a billion dollars. It's tough to yeah. complain. <laughs> uh, you know, even if it could have been much bigger. I mean, at some point, you, there's, he, there's he would have to operate it, et cetera. Whatnot. So, but yeah. But yeah, it, it probably could turn out to be the best tech acquisition ever. Who knows? And, and you know, in his defense, there's there's companies where people have offered about a billion dollars and then they've gone down to zero, right? Sure. So I mean, Groupon uh, is yeah. Groupon was offered a billion. There's uh, and there've been yeah there've been did it actually go up to a billion for Groupon? I think I think that's I don't remember. No. Spe speaking of another company yeah. that I was completely wrong about, I really thought they were gonna like dominate online commerce in the same way that kind of Kickstarter is dominating kind of an online niche way of marketing. Mm -hmm. I really thought they were going to be like this Ooh. portal that was going to be like Woot or something where everyone was going to go there every day and check for local deals. <laughs> I don't know how you, they... You thought Groupon was Yeah, I thought Groupon was going to be like that. I thought they were going to cut rates and make it more and more better for merchants to come there. And somehow nobody goes to Groupon anymore. How did that even happen? Because everyone got burned. You buy one yeah. Groupon, you don't use it, and you're like, I'm not going to do that again. They, yeah, Groupon, yeah, I mean, I think Groupon's kind of almost grew too big too fast and kind of just inundated the yeah. market too much. And, um, but, you know, who knows? I mean, I've still bought Groupons recently. Yeah. 
Do you do you, re- do you regret it the day after? There's there's a whole no. secondary market for Groupons, which <laughs> really? I think is fascinating. Yeah. No, I mean I, I've only bought a few, but I've never regretted them. I've always <laughs> it's always been perfectly valuable what I bought. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I mean I think. Yeah. I mean there are there other. I, mean, I guess we're we're almost out of time, but like the on the flip side of like something you thought was going to be huge, and didn't turn out. Something I thought was going to be huge and didn't turn out. I guess that's Groupon. That's that's this one, right? So Groupon. Um, well, so uh, uh, keep going back to the '90s. But I'll go back to the '90s yeah. example. Pointcast. I don't remember what that was. You don't remember? I, Pointcast. I, I remember oh the my word. Gosh. Was that the broadcasting solution? So it was. It was amazing, right? So this is in the early days of the <laughs> web, and it was it was software that you downloaded, yeah. and it it would push all this content to you, and it was much more interactive and detailed than the web yeah. at the time. And was so, it like ITV, remember that web TV? No, but it, it wasn't like video, right? Yeah. I mean, that's I, like I always thought like interactive TV was lame, but yeah. Pointcast was amazing to me because it was like it was the web but pushed to you, and so you would click and get all this information pushed to you. So it was like like an early RSS reader to some extent, right? So you would subscribe to different things. So you could subscribe to different news sources. And I think it had some video and some other stuff. Did did it come over IP? Yeah, it was just over the internet. And it was a client, right? It was a client. You downloaded the client and it was really nice. I I don't, I like, if you asked me to like draw what the interface looked like, I don't think I could because it's been 20 some odd years or whatever. But like, but but I remembered thinking it was great, and I would do this, and I would use it all the time, and it, I, and it, it was like about the same time that the web was first getting big. Yeah, I'm so lame, Maznick, that yeah. I think that idea is still a good idea, even though you've already told me it's. <laughs> well, it's lean back, right? Yeah. Who knows? These I, ideas. I, I feel like if I had a mobile app like that, like what you're saying, where I could subscribe to some in, like interest topics and, and it downloads you. everything, yeah, so that I don't have to download, you know be struggling with my mobile connection if I'm in a train or something, that would be awesome. Then I'm just like browsing in the app. Right? Yeah, it was and great. And, and so cool. the, the problem that they faced, and so they, they had a buyout offer, which was, I think, either 400 or $480 million from News Corp, yeah. and they turned it down and then like fell off a cliff and then like within the next six months or something. Was, yeah. was this prior to the 99 crash? Yes, this oh, was... Okay. This was I would have to look up the dates, and so I'm <laughs> guessing. But I think they, they sort of collapsed in like '97 ish. Oh, okay. Um, I guess I mean, speaking of like late know. late '90s, early 2000s, like I I thought that mask. Do you remember mask customization? I'm sure, that like was I, like I the, thought, the huge. I thought buzzword. that trend was going to be what is that? huge by now, right? This so idea you, that in, yeah, well, yeah. Go so ahead. I mean, basically, the the idea was like you know. The old days, you have products that are just made at a big factory. Mm-hmm. In the new days, is every product is made individually for for you, right? So, like I remember, I ordered. I love these shoes called Customatics. And oh, you would, oh, yeah, I remember, I remember those. those. Yeah, see, yeah, see. And, and I thought I was like, this is like, why would anyone want to buy a pair of shoes that wasn't custom designed by me, right? Like, that's so stupid. It, so it turns yeah. out most people are not actually designers. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I and I loved them, and, and when they when they went away, and frankly, I only bought two pairs of their shoes, and at, at some point, it did become like work to design your own pair of shoes every time. But I really thought I was like, I had like my I. This other place that had like custom shampoo. I remember that I <laughs> custom shampoo. Yeah, that That's I, like one that thing you want out. mass market. I mean, mass made. it was like you know, like it was basically specifically tailored to me. Bespoke garbage bags. <laughs> See, but then maybe bespoke is coming back. So I don't know. Bespoke maybe I'm not. Paper. Maybe I'm not wrong yet. 
I'm just no. Not. I think you're actually right, Dennis. And the, but the only thing is that that bespoke stuff is on Etsy, right? And it's like in all these little yeah. But that's different, right? That's, that's not. Different. I mean, the the idea here was that you could customize, and because of yes. everything else, that you know it could be. And and now there are opportunities for. That. I mean, like three D printing. Yep, that uh, so maybe enables it's that for for some possibilities. And and there are ways that yeah. you know we may become get I mean, more and more towards that. But but part of the question is really to, like. Right. Does the market want that, or is the market happy with and, and it the came same the, trinkets that everybody right. else the, has? The trend came from they're like, look at Dell and look at Gateway. Yeah, they're making these computers instead of just like, you know, you can specify exactly what you want, and that's amazing. Speaking right? of which, yeah. Dell, what happened to Dell? <laughs> Remember when Michael Dell, the founder of Dell Computers, <laughs> used to make fun of Apple, and he was like, and he the said, best thing Apple could yeah. do was return all their money to shareholders. Yep. and now, <laughs> oh man, yep. where is Dell? We should have him on the show. Yeah. <laughs> I have not seen a Dell in years. Yeah, I, I went right behind Mike. That's There's my Dell. Yeah, that's on the floor. Oh Mike. yeah, uh, the beige box. It's the literally yeah. beige. I, I mean, for for my first, I don't know, three, or, a, three or four computers stand right now. Yeah. We're all Dell computers. Um, and I remember, like, I used to love getting the Dell catalog. <laughs> I have three Dell computers. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, look at that. two over there. <laughs> one of, they're, they're all being used as uh, router stands, and that one's a plant stand. Yeah. <laughs> Man. <laughs> so you, a lot of e-waste so, here. So you've not, you, you don't actually run anything on No, that one has a zip drive in it. <laughs> so zip drive. Can I ask you something, though, Dennis? I thought zip drives were fantastic. Does a, does a $30 Raspberry Pi... Provide yeah. more computing power than that Dell you have over yes, there? Yes, the one sitting next to it driving my <laughs> Bitcoin miner. <laughs> That's a Raspberry Pi. It's, it's more powerful than the, the Dell? Yeah. The, yeah. the Dennis's museum of, uh, <laughs> of hype and... Yeah. <laughs> you, you if anyone wants a Bitcoin miner, I, I have a beautiful butterfly mining box that is for sale. Has it, has it, has it, has it actually paid you ever? Did you yeah. ever? No, yeah. I mean, I, I think you I joined a, a mining group. Yeah, I mean, joined a mining group. It was mining for a good year and a half now, and um, it crashed a few months ago, and I haven't had the time <laughs> to kind of make it work again. Did it pay off the investment? Um, technically, <laughs> I don't know how technically, much. Technically, no. <laughs> I mean, it depends on how much the Bitcoin is worth. Oh, right. right. So, I guess that's true. That's yeah. true. It so, can. I mean, it, it made, it's made probably about like one Bitcoin. So and I paid five hundred bucks for it. No, that's not bad then. All right, yeah. not, it's not terrible. Yeah. It's not terrible, <laughs> but it's not. It didn't make my money back. <laughs> um, so. All right. Well, I think we, we've uh, we, we've gone on long enough. I, I actually I've been thinking of more and more stuff. But we're, we're we can do a part on, two at some point. A part two like of things more, that we got more more things we got wrong. More things we got wrong. <laughs> it was kind of fun, and I mean, I think it's an interesting discussion. It's interesting to think about why we got stuff wrong, or or what assumptions were wrong, and or you know, was it timing or or different things that changed? And, and, and I, so. I didn't even get to my big one, which oh, I was go for it. Avoid. No, no, close, Let's close just, with oh, it. Oh man, I gotta. Admit. <laughs> When I was very young, I put a lot of money into this one company called, you know, relatively for the time I was just out of college, into a company called 3D Effects. Oh most, yeah, which most people don't remember. I remember. It was a graphics card making company. Yeah. A competitor of Nvidia, and uh, at the time there was Matrox and a couple of other companies, and uh, they had this board called Voodoo, the Voodoo Graphics I board. Remember it well. And I remember it came out. And I, it just blew my mind. I was like, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And it was only like about you know, 30 polygons probably on the, on the screen. But I just thought it was mind-blowing. So I immediately got an E-Trade account and just put like two or three 
paychecks worth of money into it. I'm like, this this <laughs> this company is only going up, and they did for a while. Yeah, they and were they, they were big for a while, and it was like there was like serious competition between like them and Nvidia. But it turns out the reason they lost wasn't because their technology was worse. And this is a a great lesson to learn as a young person. You think you know everything because I read up all their developer docs. I looked at all the projections of the boards they were going to release, and and the reason they failed had nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with the technology. They failed because. The way to sell graphics board has nothing to do with fanboys like me. Like people who go to hardware stores and choose their graphics cards don't drive the market. Sure. It was the big box sellers like <laughs> Dell and all these other guys that just buy random graphics cards that just that through a sales channel and sell it to grandma and grandpa. Those are the guys who determine the market. And I didn't have the common sense to to know that. And uh, you know, there's that's that. They went they went from <laughs> I don't know, twenty four dollars or something. I think that was my average buy price down to. I think when I sold, it was three cents. Yeah. Like <laughs> I mean, we could probably do a whole new episode of what stocks we bought, stocks that we we made mistakes on. Oops, <laughs> I have a few. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I still I think it's an interesting discussion. I think it's interesting just to think about these things and you know and remember that when we when we make claims about other things, you know, going forward as well. That you know nobody is a perfect fortune teller, <laughs> and there are lots of variables and lots of factors that decide these things, and what we think may happen may not always be that way. So, anyways, uh, thank you for listening. If you have any uh, things that you were wrong about, uh, let us know. Uh, post comments and send it in, and, and <laughs> we'll do some sort of follow up on this at some point because it's kind of a fun discussion. And we will be back next week. Bye. Someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. Duh. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. Duh. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech.